0: Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Molly Kiefer. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. So glad to see you guys. I um I need to report um, on how much my husband loves me, although this is also kind of a embarrassing Molly moment. But we were in the drive through at Duncan this morning and Um, Kevin doesn't, Kevin doesn't do a lot of caffeine because it makes him a little crazy. And he at one point was addicted and decided he wasn't going to do that again. But we were going through the drive through and I knew he was kind of tired. And I said, I asked him, I'm like, would you order a whole caffeinated drink today? Because I want to have a good Mother's Day. (laughs) And I just, I'm like, if you're tired, I'm not going to have a great day. And so I said, listen you pour into you so you can pour into me <laughs> and then I was like it's not wrong but he did it he ordered a whole caffeinated drink and that means that I'm gonna I'm gonna have a good day I'm gonna have a good day I was like if you don't you're just gonna want to go home and get in bed and that's not fun right okay so that's how much my husband loves me he's drinking caffeine um all right so I'm so thankful to be here to be able to, to get into the scripture with you guys today on Mother's Day. And I'm just going to pray over our word here, to our time together. God, we are, um, we are, yeah, we're just looking to you. We're looking to you. Thank you for giving us your word that we could see uh, your good plans for us, that we could come into uh, fullness of life. And that's what we're looking for today. God, we, we come with hearts and minds that want to be led to a good shepherd who wants to lead and we're we're just in that place where we just say open up the word god show us show us your heart and god we want to experience the word we want to experience it we want to know it we want it to be um entwined in our hearts we want it to entwine in our hearts this morning in jesus name amen amen so it's Mother's Day, and um, not only is it Mother's Day, but my youngest is getting ready to, ready to graduate high school, and so I go through this this time of year, and I get really reflective about um, parenting and being a mom, um, especially with Mother's Day this week, and thinking about it. And um, there is a, a, a memory that is just burned in my brain. I remember so vividly the night that I came home from the hospital with my firstborn, with Aiden. And I, I will, I, this night is just burned on my brain because I felt so much like a fish out of water. I felt so much like you can't just hand me this child, this nurse. You can't just put him in my hands and send me home and say, now go do it. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I just remember that first night being like, they gave me the number for the nurse's station and I called it all night. I just was like, you know, like I am still alone and with this child and, and do do, should I wake him up to feed him? And it was just like all these questions and it was just this memory burned in my brain of feeling like I do not know what I am doing. And uh, that next day, Aiden would like scratch himself because he had long fingernails and that next day Kevin and I are like, we got to cut these fingernails. And um, thankfully, this was uh, Kevin's doing but we tried to cut clip his little tiny nails and his tiny fingers and we got a little skin in with a tiny fingernail and he's bleeding and crying and crying and bleeding. We're crying. We're like, how, you know, if I can't even handle trimming fingernails, what am I going to do when like, you know, a girl breaks his heart or he's cut from the team or I say something that affects his self-esteem, you know, like there's like, it's felt like such high stakes. And then I had another one. I had Cole and now like, what you want me to keep track of two at the same time, you know, and we, Many times we would go to the mall, to the play place in the mall to try to like kill a cold afternoon. And several times we lost Cole. And it, it wasn't just at the mall. It was like in our own neighborhood, like several times everyone, we're running through the mall or the neighborhood screaming his name and all the neighbors are helping. Like it's, you know, Christ, like, you know, I, I lose him and I, I don't want him to have a moment of feeling scared and like mom's not here, but I lost him many times, multiple times or, um, and then, you know, Anna, Anna, the, the third one comes along and, um, she was having some sort, I knew there was some sort of issue because I, she had really bad eczema when she was a couple months old and I would feed her and she would sleep and then she would wake up screaming. And so I thought there's something going on here. And so a friend suggested that I do some sort of elimination diet to kind of determine like, well, will she, does she get better when you take certain foods? Maybe she's having allergic reaction. And so, um, I remember, for a couple of days, all I ate was turkey, bacon, and pears. That was my elimination diet. And I was starving. I was starving. And she actually was sleeping in our bed because I didn't know what else to do. I was like, at this point, I'm like, go ahead. If you're sleeping next to me and you'll sleep fine, fine, good enough. Like, I don't care. But um, I had a dream one of those nights because I was starving. I had a dream that I was eating a huge piece of ham. And I woke up and her hand is in my mouth. I am chewing I'm chewing my daughter's hands, like, arr, 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 like, and, you know, like, I, that, I, you know, like, so I'm sorry, little one, that I am, like, eating you. I am so sorry that I got that hungry. Oh. But, man, it's just the hardest part of being a mom, right, is you desire to give them this perfect life where you don't eat them and you don't <laughs> lose them and i i realized like i can't i can't i want to give you a completely normal experience i want to launch you into adulthood with like you know the best possible future I, I want to get you to that finish line where i have like can go down the checklist and say i did it all and i did it all well and i did it all right and i'm you know here you are you're going to be successful because i did it all right right it is an impossible job it's an impossible job and I can't do what I want to do I know I look back I'm like I can I couldn't do the things I really wanted to do for you that you would never hurt and that you would I would I would never say something mean and I was always active listening right and empathy and uh, um, there for your feelings but you know what the truth is I was tired and I had grumpy moments and, and, you know, it's in the spiritual and emotional world. Like I, I wanted to provide all the superfoods all day long. Right. But I find myself in the McDonald's drive-thru again saying, this is the last time I promise. Right. Like this is how it, it worked out for me. And I, and I know for some of you, you know, if you um, are a mom, you know exactly what I mean. And for the rest of you, if you're, you're not a mom, you experience this too that you have places in your life where you're facing something where it's like, I want to do, but, but I can't do. I'm limited in what I can do. You know, maybe you're, you're facing an impossible situation with, Uh, your, your boss, maybe you're just like, you know, I, I want to do all they're asking me to do, but maybe there's a tendency to overwork there, or maybe you have a situation in your family where like you just, you want to make it peaceful and you want it, them to like you and you to like them and for everything to be okay, right? But, but the, the truth is, is, is you find yourself stuck. You find yourself in places where you're like, I can't make this better. I can't make it right. Maybe you, you feel like, you know what These teachers are asking too much that school is just too overwhelming And you want to get through everything in your planner, but you just can't do it We all have this place and I just wonder where is that place for you where you feel this pinch Where you feel this pinch where you said or you tend to say oh man, I just wish I could make it better I wish I could make it better. Am I um bopping around a lot Yes, okay Where where are you doing that where you're just like, you know what I wish I had the answers I wish I could solve it. I wish I could fix it. I wish I could I could help you I wish there's maybe a friend Maybe you have someone in your family where you're like, I just wish that I could just um Could could do something could figure it out could solve it and just make it better I could take something that I, I could offer something that would fill in this gap Between what I want for you and what I can provide for you Maybe you have those places too And here is the deal guys. I have found something worthy for that gap I have found something today that I want to share with you that is going to help us fill in that gap Between what we want to be able to do for someone and what we can do And I am really excited to share this with you how we're going to fill in that gap in our lives But here i'm going to start first with a little bit of review and um You guys know, we started a series on acts and, uh, acts is all about that first church. And we have these disciples who were handed also handed an impossible job. They were given, they had the, the reality of the death in the life of Jesus. And they were told now take, take the life of Jesus, his miraculous life, his, his glorious life and the death that, that he died on that cross and the new life you have. Now take that, take the reality of Jesus and go make him known. They were sent out to go make disciples of every nation. Wow, that is a job that would rival the mom gap, right? Like they're told to take his miraculous life and to make him known and to, to, to rescue people from the kingdom of darkness and transfer them into the kingdom of light. It was an amazing job. And they, they head out with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that first day, 3,000 people are added to their, like, 25-member church. Like, 3,000. How do you care for and disciple and grow up 3,000 people? Let alone the plan was actually that this thing would spread out across the world. It's an impossible job. So what did they do to fill in that gap? What did they do in that gap between the job they were given and and what they had a, a access to. Well, here's what we see in Acts 2.42. Hopefully this is sounding familiar, you guys, but this is what they did. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to breaking of bread, to fellowship, and to prayer. And I I spoke a little bit on that apostles' teaching and being able to get into the word. Kevin talked last week on fellowship and what that could be. And, um, and we, we look at these four things and these four, Four things were the things that they gave themselves to. Of all the things they could give their their attention to, right? Of all the things worthy of their time, these were the four things that they continued in. That they made a part of their life so that they they would be able to do this impossible job. And here's what I want to focus on today. They took the impossibility of the job to prayer. They took it to prayer, and so will we, you guys. Prayer fills. The gap. Prayer fills the gap. So, if we are going to be this kind of church, you guys on fire, followers of Jesus, like this church, where we take the presence of the Holy Spirit, the deposit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we we keep that flame alive, if we're going to do the things that they did, bring the reality of the life, the death and life of Jesus to people, like carry it for our own lives and our family and our kids and our friends and our neighbors and other people, we need a prayer life that will get the job done don't we? So here's, again, what I'm here not to tell you today. I'm not here to tell you that you should pray more. I'm not here to tell you that. What I think that I, what I really want to do is I want to show you God's perspective on prayer. Because when we see what he sees, we will pray. When we see what God sees about prayer, what he designed for prayer. Guys, we will we'll pray, and I can tell you this has worked for me because there are times where when I feel prayerless, I realize I've, I've actually lost vision for prayer, right? I've kind of forgot. I feel like my prayers aren't effective. And if we don't feel like our prayers are effective, we don't pray. Right. But there are times, especially recently where I I um, especially with my kids, I've looked at looking at things that I want for them and and I, the things that I feel like God has promised and the things that, um, you know, how, how, the vision for who they they could be and things that have been taken from our family. And I see that gap and what I've done instead of worry, instead of filling in that gap with worry. Or regret which I tend to go to I started stepping in and and filling that gap with prayer And i'm coming back again to pray. Nope, you know what god instead of all the other things I could do with this gap I'm not doing those things. I'm not gonna try to figure it out or think harder or uh, you know uh, come up with with more, you know uh, more tricks really honestly guys, but i'm gonna stand in that gap with prayer Because I really believe this that that we can pray in that gap We can fill in that gap with prayer for every hard Impossible heavy task that we have on us and we all have them right. So here's what we're gonna do We're gonna I just want to look at scripture I want to paint a picture for how God sees prayer and we're gonna take that prayer to fill in the gap Okay, so we're gonna start with uh, the book of Esther This this young Jewish woman um, Esther and she was actually chosen by King Xerxes to be queen and um, and so she steps into that role as, as queen, and the king had a right-hand man named Haman who hated the Jews. He hated the Jewish people. And um, so he gets the king to put a, an edict into place that would annihilate, that would wipe out all of the Jews um, in his land. And he did not know when he put this plan into action, he didn't know that his beloved Esther, Queen Esther, was actually Jewish. Um, but this plan goes into place. And once it's into place, um, nothing can be done. It is on its way. It is underway. And Esther discovers the plan through her uncle. He says, hey, listen, this is happening out here beyond the palace gates. And he, he urges her. This is what it says in Esther. He urges her to go into the king's presence and to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. And it is an impossible job to save a nation, to save your people from something that the king, an edict that he has put into place. And so he tells her, listen, all you can do at this point, you have to go into his presence and plead for your people. Stand before him and plead for your people. And she does. She goes in and she stands before the king. She gets in between her people and their trouble, their future that is in front of them in the king. And she stands in that place and she comes into his presence and pleads, can you have to get involved here? You have to do something. You need to intervene in this impossible situation. And it is a pr- picture of, of prayer. It's a picture of what it is and what it does for us, you guys, that there is this gap and we come before God, we come before his presence and we plead for mercy. We plead for mercy. God, you have to get involved here. And God does what this king does. He extends his scepter. And he's like, you are welcome in my presence. What's on your heart? You know, like, what do you see? Like, what do you need mercy for? Where do you need me to step in and to intervene, right? And he, God does that. And he that's what happened in the story. The king accepts Esther and he reverses this plan that Haman put into place for destruction for the people that injustice is stopped. Why? Because she asked, because she got in the king's presence and said, God, you have to intervene in in this situation for me. So here's what I want you to think for just a second. Who are your people? Esther had her people. Who are your people? Is it some is it is it your kids? Is it who is it your family members? Is it your friends? Is it coworkers? I, I want you to think of those specifically not like general categories. Who can you stand in the gap between them and the king and their trouble? Maybe and or what could be in the future? Where can you stand in the gap? Who are your people? Maybe you need to turn to someone next to you and say you are my people You're my people Can you get that person in mind where you can stand in the gap and pray before the king and say god provide resource here God comfort this pain God stop with the schemes of the enemy the injustice that is out in front of them. God provide answers Reverse the direction that this thing is headed Maybe we need to stand in that place and say god open doors that are shut For this person open doors that are shut impossible doors and it reminds me of another picture of prayer. And this is in Acts 12. And this is an amazing story. I love this story. This is Peter, this is Peter's story. And I'm gonna read it um, and starting in Acts 12. And it says this it was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. Like I stopped when I read that, I was like, wow, this is actually really serious. James just died. And, and Herod was like, oh, okay, that worked out really well. And so he's he's gathering more, more people, more followers, so that he can persecute them. So it says this, when he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded. Look at this, by four squads of four soldiers. That's a lot of guarding, isn't it? Okay, Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter went in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Peter's in prison, and he is facing someone else just lost their life. And he is, it's the same. He's It looks like he's headed in the same direction, and he's headed to trial. But the church, what, what could the church be doing in this situation? Look at what they're doing. The church was earnestly praying. And look what happens the night before. The very last minute, the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. This is lockdown, isn't it? Like, this is serious. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. Stop eating your daughter's hand. And the chains fell off of Peter's wrists. And the angel takes him up, basically, takes him. And I, I love this. It says they just walked out of the prison. Peter followed him out of the prison. He had no idea what the angel was, was doing. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed through the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And it opened for them by itself. This is amazing. You guys, this is an amazing story that, that whatever stands in the way, this is a picture of prayer, whatever stands in the way, I don't care how heavily guarded that thing looks how locked how shut how many layers there are to get to it it didn't matter it was the it was the last minute it was the night before the trial it didn't it didn't make any difference and i just feel like this is again a picture of prayer that impossible place we pray with this picture this truth in our minds and say this is what prayer does god you set it out in your word as a model for my life today And I see what happens, that whatever stands in the way, God, prayer fills that gap, however tightly shut, however last minute it seems like it may be for you. So where in your life? What seems shut? What seems like it is on lockdown? And there are a lot of layers. There are a lot of things to work through to get to freedom there, right? This is what God, this is what prayer can do. And I wanted to share a a story from our city of something that, um, a place that was shut that we prayed for and God opened. And when Kevin and I church planted, um, one of the things that was really important that we knew that God was calling us to was to work with the poor. Like we just knew that, um, Jesus shows up amongst the poor that he came, you know, as a doctor for the sick. And we knew that if we gave our hearts to the things that he did, that he would give his spirit and show us amazing things. And so we started praying when we got to Palatine to church plant, one of the first things we did was God, how do we help the poor in our city? How do we live out your goodness amongst the poor in our city? And we tried lots of things and we um, we stepped into an after-school tutoring program, and we we partnered with a nonprofit in town, and we tried. There was lots of starts and stops, but no door seemed to open. We just couldn't get any traction. We weren't sensing God moving on anything. And um, so we continued to pray. We continued to pray and ask God, what do you have? And open doors and give us favor. And um, we had this ongoing relationship with the um, nonprofit in town. And so one day I just, I showed up in her office, and I just said, listen, here's the deal. We believe that the kingdom of God actually can impact a whole neighborhood. And and as the words were coming out of my mouth, it sounded like crazy talk, but I'm like, I'm just gonna tell her what I really think. And I just told her about what we believe that the love of God could do, that it could actually switch cycles of poverty, that we could see generational impact long-term, and that we could see teenage pregnancies, um, uh, those issues that kept people in that cycle. We could see a change in those things, that families could be healed, and restored. And so we started as telling her what, what we believed, this vision. And, and I asked her, I said, you know what? Here's what I really want to do. I want to step into an apartment complex. Can we rent an apartment somewhere and have it be like a center where we can provide meals and just be Jesus to people and do things with the youth? And she said, well, well, you know, actually the police have been asking us to start something at Rand Grove. And she said, do you want to go over there right now? And I was like, yes, let's go right now. And so we got in our cars and we drove to Rand Grove And we met the manager. She introduced me to the manager. And I told the manager the same thing I told her. I believe that the kingdom of God can actually make an an impact in a neighborhood where we could see a change, and we could see life, and we could see hope uh, come to be. And um, she said, you know, it's interesting. I was just at a conference, and I just told the maintenance guy that we need to partner with the church. And she said, she opened the doors, and she said, you can do anything you want here. You can have keys. I remember this so clearly. She said, you can even do your Bible studies here. And that was a, that for us was an, it was a key. It was an open door, doors that had been shut because we prayed, God opened something that we couldn't open in the city. And guys, we're we're continuing today. With the with the work and it's been um, you know, we've had seasons of like bonkers going like gangbusters at ring Grove, and We have seasons where it gets a little quieter But we're we're seeing god again do open doors and do things that only he can do there And it's because we prayed it's because we prayed, we partnered with that. Yes It was an impossible thing and, and god is doing it because we prayed. Okay, so here's another one more view Luke 18, um, luke 18 jesus is teaching on prayer and he gives us this super, super clear example. And it is a story of, um, of a widow. And she is coming to an unjust judge. And the first thing about this story is that is really surprising is that, that Jesus is telling a story and the main character is actually a woman. And, uh, and here's the parable. He says, um, he's telling a parable, they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. So here's the first thing off the top is we have the two main characters. One is a woman and anyone hearing the story would be like, oh, she, she, a woman, like in this culture, they had no sway. Like good luck getting your prayer answer. You're a woman, you know, like no one's going to listen to you. And then the second character is an unjust judge who doesn't care about doing it and he doesn't fear God. He doesn't care about doing something right by God. So we got like two strikes against getting what you want, I mean, getting heard, getting this judge to do something for you. And she comes to him and, um, and she comes and she comes and she comes and says, for some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is an amazing story. This is a story Jesus chose to tell about prayer that we come, that we keep on asking. And she gets the answer, again, not because of any power she had, not because of anything she earned, not even because that judge was like wanted to do God's will, right? Not any of those things. She gets her prayer answered because she keeps coming and she keeps asking. And so this is what Jesus is inviting us into. This is God's perspective on prayer. I love it. He's like, how much more will God, who is a just judge, how much more will he put off justice for you when you keep coming day and night and we keep praying? And that is, is the, the point here, guys. I love how it's like, you know what, God? You will find faith in the earth. You will find faith in my life because I am gonna continue to ask. Prayer is like word, It's like faith in action. It's like those words of faith coming out again and again. I believe, God, you're good. I believe you'll give justice. I believe you'll break through in this situation. I I, yes, here's here's how I, you will know that my life is faithful because I am still praying You will know that faith is still alive in me because i'm still asking And Maybe for some of you You feel like you know what? I I did try and I I did ask and I just feel like My my prayers haven't been effective. I feel like my prayers maybe aren't heard I get this a lot. I I get my prayers feel like they're just going into thin air if you ever experienced that, where you just feel like I, not, not my, my prayers don't seem to be going anywhere. Has anyone ever said that or felt that? Well, here, I'm gonna show you one last perspective. And this is brilliant. This is from the book of Revelation. And here's the situation. This is um, around the throne of God. This is a description of what's happening around the throne of God, that there's these living creatures around God's throne. And it describes, it describes them this way in Revelation five eight. Each one had a harp. We already get that, right? We know that. That's the picture. Yes, you have a harp. But look what else they have. Hold. They were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, which are the prayers of the saints. Guys, this is your prayers. This is my prayers, that they there's these creatures around the throne that are holding bowls full of our prayer that we pray from earth now, today, right? And here's another angle of this tells us a little bit more in revelation eight another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all god's people on the golden altar in front of the throne the smoke of the incense together with the prayers of god's people went up before god from the angel's hand the angel took the censer filled it with fire from the altar and hurled it on the earth and there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. So here's God's perspective on prayer, guys. Whatever we think about where our prayers go or where they don't go and how ineffective they are, here's the truth, that our prayers are gathered in a bowl. We see this. God's showing us what's happening from heaven's perspective, what we can't see from earth. Our prayers are gathered in a bowl. You know what that means? It means they don't fall to the ground. It means that they don't just ping off the walls or the the roof right it makes it means that they make their way before God it means that they are, are are not lost they're not and here's here's the deal guys this is the only qualifier the prayers of God's people that's it that's all it says it doesn't say the ones that you pray with tears it doesn't say the ones that you pray only on your knees it doesn't it's not only the prayers that feel powerful guys it's the prayers that are desperate it's the prayers that feel weak it's the prayers that you pray while you're walking or while you're washing dishes also it's all of them it's the prayers that you pray when you're you know gathered in a small group it's the prayers that you pray when you are alone in your car in the drive all of them all of them go up before god they all reach god and here's what happens when they reach god You guys, they fill a bowl They fill a bowl. That means that they carry weight or volume, that they are accumulating. It means that they don't, like, expire or leak out or dribble away, (laughs) that they're lasting. And here's what else it means. It means that they're impacting, that they gather until that bowl is full. And it is an amazing picture. Once that thing gets full, it, like, tips over and pours out. Like, you know, at the water park, that thing at the top of the water park, that the water is filling in, the bucket that's filling in, and, and after 20 minutes, it dumps out, right? And the kids, ah, like, they're watching it, right? That's the thing. That's the picture of this. When is the bowl full? I don't know. I don't know when that bowl gets full. We don't get that part of this, do we? But I can tell you this, that there is a collection of prayer, of cries, of pleas, of, of, of tears for mercy and justice. God, help. God, come, right? Prayers of declaration, prayers of adoration, prayers of God, let your kingdom come right here. All the prayers, prayers every time we pray, every time you pray for for wisdom, every time you pray for a creative answer, every time you pray for restoration, for healing, for breakthrough, every single one goes up before God. And every time we pray, these prayers are accumulating until God's victory is is spilled out to the earth, until at some point, Point, we see you guys that those prayers return to the earth we see that that there is a spilling out from god to earth that everything returns to the earth, and it could be way far away it could be at the final end of things and it could be way before that it could be tomorrow i don't know this is the picture of prayer that our prayers bring about the future plans of god to earth do you see it do you see it do your prayers matter every prayer guys every prayer matters Every prayer moves the heart of God. Every prayer is like incense and it pleases him. Every prayer is gathered before him. Every prayer is adding to the release of God's ways on earth. Every prayer. Guys, we have a part to play. And I am, I am so, I'm just, I'm excited. I am fired up, maybe a little too fired up about prayer. Um, But I just really believe, I see it in scripture. I see it in scripture that we have a part to play to stand before God and say, right here, oh God, right here, justice, mercy, restoration, breakthrough. This is our place, you guys, this is our place. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to get a piece of paper. And there's paper behind you. Some of you have journals. I really, I want you to do this. I think this is an act of faith and a true call for us right now. I want you to get a piece of paper. And I want you to make a list of a few gaps that you've become aware of in your life today. A few gaps, those those places that the pinch maybe is for you, maybe is for someone else, your people. And I want you to think specifically that place that needs to be made right. That place where you need mercy, you need justice, you need healing, breakthrough. And I want you to, to write, just jot a couple down. This shouldn't take long. Hopefully they're right at the surface. could be for a loved one, a family member, a co-worker. And I want you to make a list. Where do doors need to swing open? Where does someone need to walk out into freedom? What bowl needs to be full in heaven right now? What where can you just take a prayer and just add it before the throne? You can make a list on your phone, in your journal. I would love for you to get at least three. What breakthrough? Where? What's needed? For who? Who can you come before the king for and say, God, we just need, we need redemption on the earth right here. And here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going we're gonna to hold these things before the king. We're going to fill that bowl. And what we're going to do is we're going to check them off. When we see them answer, we're going to check them off. When we see those doors open, we're going to check them off when that thing is tipped and God's action, his movement comes to earth. And I, I believe that there is something in, in faith in the action of writing these things down and in holding with expectation that these things will be crossed off. Right, these things will be checked. Maybe it's a list that has to get passed down to someone else to carry it one day. But or maybe it's a list that maybe something's going to happen tomorrow, today. But that's that is my my prayer for us as a church that we will take up the prayer to fill that gap of the impossible every time where we feel I wish I could fix that. I wish I could do better. I wish that wasn't what you were experiencing. We're going to take that to prayer. So can we stand up? And I'm going to. Pray over you. Thanks, guys, for joining me in that and being faithful with that and giving your hearts to those prayer things. And if you're still writing, go ahead, take your time. I'm just going to pray over the rest of us. Holy Spirit, make us a praying church. Make us a praying people. God, for all the other ways that we want to fill in the gaps today, we just repent of those things. We just turn from them. We turn from them and we say, thank you for designing prayer. Thank you for giving us a place before the king. Thank you for extending your scepter over us and inviting us into your presence. Thank you, God, that you say we could come day and night, day and night before you as a just judge and bring the things that are on our hearts, the things that we see from earth, that you designed us to stand in a place and see where the kingdom has not yet come, and to bring the restoration of heaven to that place. God, we will be a people who will fill the bowl. God, we thank you that we get to, to, to you know, stand in, in this place and pray and see that those things, they come before you to come before your throne, that every cry, every plea comes before you, every kind of prayer. God, I just pray today that faith will rise up in us, that we would recognize, you know what, there isn't a weak prayer. When we pray in the name of Jesus, when we pray in friendship, that we're yours, that we belong to you, God, that every prayer matters. And we're sorry for what we've made prayer, how we've missed it. I would repent of believing that our prayers are ineffective and they're not doing anything and they're not being heard. And we see that you gather them, that you are a collector of them, that they please you, you love them, and you move on our behalf. And so, God, I just thank you for these lists. I thank you for these lists, and I pray that you would put in us a perseverance and a persistence before you to pray.